Welcome back to Lethal. Let's talk about death row inmates. This week, I'll be covering an Arkansas death row inmate. This week, I'll be covering an Arkansas death row inmate. I'll be covering Zachary D. Hawley. He was convicted for kidnapping, raping, and murdering six-year-old Jersey Bridgman. Before we jump into the case, let's go over some facts. I'll be covering an Arkansas death row inmate. So let's talk about Arkansas. There are currently 30 death row inmates serving, 15 white males, 14 black males, and one Hispanic male. Death row inmates are housed at the Varner Supermax Unit in Gould, Arkansas. And according to deathpenaltyinfo.org, Arkansas is the only state to have conducted three executions on the same night. It has done so twice, on August 3, 1994, and on January 8, 1997. The last execution took place on April 27, 2017, to Kenneth Williams. So this week, I kept it short and sweet, so let's get right into it. Okay, before we jump into the case, I have some news for y'all. So next week, I will not have an episode coming out, but I will be back the following week. So next week, you will be on your own. So next week, go ahead and get caught up on any episode you haven't listened to, but I'll be back the following week. So I'm very sorry, but that's what it is right now. So let's get into it. So once again, I have a glass of wine and I'm ready to jump into the case. This week, I'll be covering inmate number SK981, Zachary D. Hawley. He is currently 37 years old and is serving at the Varner Supermax facility in Gould, Arkansas. Before we dive into the case, I also wanted to give y'all a trigger warning. This is a very sad and heinous crime. It involves a child, so I just want to prepare y'all. Let's start by talking about the victim. Jersey Bridgman. Jersey was born November 14, 2006 in Bentonville, Arkansas. Her parents divorced. She lived with her father, David, and her new stepmother, Jaina. The two started to abuse Jersey at a young age. They would chain her up to a dresser because they said they didn't want her to wander in the middle of the night and they didn't want her to get into their medication. The two ended up pleading guilty and were incarcerated for false imprisonment, meaning they would restrict a person's movement within an area without legal authority. David was sentenced to 18 years and Jaina was sentenced to 12 years in prison. After this occurred, Jersey was placed into her mother's custody, Desiree. Jersey was usually watched by the neighbor, Zachary Hawley and Amanda Hawley, while their mother was at work. Okay, let's stop here real quick. I like to stay neutral in my episodes, but this really infuriates me. I say this every time I cover a case that involves a child. Don't trust just anyone with your kid. You're supposed to be your child's protector. Don't just trust anyone because they're nice and friendly. And I'm gonna leave it at that. So let's get back to the story. Zachary and Amanda had a key to the house. So they had access to the victim's house at all times. On November 19th, 2012, the neighbors Zachary and his wife Amanda were babysitting Jersey and her younger sister, LB. Desiree got off of work around 11.30 at night. She went to pick up the girls from the Hollies like she would usually do. She would come pick up the girls and carry them home. She picked up LB, the younger sister, and Zachary picked up Jersey. The two sisters shared a bed at the house. 
But this particular night, LB had a bad dream and woke up in the middle of the night and slept with Desiree. Desiree left the side door open for her boyfriend in case he came over or for Amanda, the neighbor, just in case she needed medicine in the middle of the night, which I thought was odd because she had a key, so why, why leave the door unlocked? So the next morning, Desiree woke up around 6.30 in the morning and Jersey was not in her bed. Zachary was questioned regarding Jersey's disappearance. He was cooperative with investigators. He gave a sample of his DNA and gave his clothes that he wore the day of the disappearance. Jersey was found in the closet of a vacant home in the neighborhood. She was found naked. She had been raped and suffocated. Supposedly, she was strangled with her own pants. When the forensic evidence came back, it was incriminating. According to Justia Law, Zachary confessed. He stated that he slipped into the house through a side door after Desiree fell asleep. He went to Jersey's room, picked her up, and carried her out of the house. He took her to a vacant home in the neighborhood. When they got to the house, he took her pants off and attempted to penetrate the victim's vagina with his penis. He then took her pants and tied them around her neck and knotted them and twisted the pants so they would get tighter and tighter around her neck. He continued to do this until she stopped kicking. According to the medical examiner, Jersey's cause of death was by ligature strangulation. A swab was also taken from her vagina. There was semen found. The DNA was a match to Zachary. Zachary was charged with kidnapping, sexual assault, murder, and residential burglary. Zachary received the death penalty for capital murder and a life sentence for rape and kidnapping and a 20-year sentence for residential burglary. Zachary claims to be innocent and has tried to overturn his conviction. He filed a Rule 37 petition saying he didn't receive sufficient counsel from his attorneys. Zachary also claims his attorneys didn't seek to exclude evidence from his trial. Um, they conducted an ineffective jury selection and he claims that they failed to investigate and present evidence related to his mental health issues. When Desiree, Jersey's mom, was on the stand, she said she was hurt because she was very close to Amanda and in general she was very close to the Hollies. She trusted them to watch her children, to feed her children, and to bathe her children. She never expected this to happen, especially with people she thought she knew. Zachary is still currently sitting on death row at the Varner Supermax facility in Gould, Arizona. In 2020, he had numerous disciplinary violations against him. He was under the influence. He had a failure to obey orders, unnecessary noise or play, sexual threats, insolence against staff members, and this year he got in trouble for destruction of property. So, what do you think? Do you think crimes like this can be prevented, or can someone be a wolf in sheep's clothing? Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. It was short and sweet. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review on Apple Podcast. Go follow my Insta, Twitter, and TikTok at lethal underscore podcast. Feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tune in in two weeks on Wednesday for a new case and a new inmate. I'll be covering a new death row inmate in a new state. See you then. All the information used in my podcast came from the following sources, law.justia.com, apps.arc.org, deathpenaltyinfo.org, and Wikipedia. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks.